0: All right, let's go ahead and make a podcast. It's time to pop a p- 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 podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Active my Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. Jimmy, welcome back from Canada.
1: Thank you. I am back from the Great White North. How was it? Uh, it was great and white.
0: Ah, the and north. north. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Free, welcome gay, back. Great I'm, tastes uh, that
1: go great together.
0: I'm glad that you were not eaten by a moose.
1: Uh, I never even actually got to see any moose, unfortunately. I was oh, hoping that's sad. to.
0: Didn't you go to Moose Lake? Yeah. Isn't uh, that?
1: Isn't... I passed by Moose Lake. Isn't there that like a lack of? There was a lack of moose.
0: But didn't you also go to what was it? Five Lake Valley, and there were only three lakes. The fa-
1: there were five lakes. It was true to its name. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I went. Um, my parents and I went up to Jasper National Park, uh, and. We were there for a week and had a great time. Excuse me, we had a great time despite it being uh, mostly raining while we were there, and so we hiked in the rain and got absolutely soaked. The great wet wet north. (laughs) The great wet north is uh, an apt descriptor. It's not going to be white for much longer, thanks global warming. Got to see some glaciers slowly getting melted
0: away. Well, that's kind of, you know, that's its own sort of fun. That's its own sort of, uh, yeah. there's, a, there's an experience there, I guess. I <laughs> was the sitting and eating, of our planet.
1: yeah, I got to sit and eat lunch in this valley across from where all these avalanches were happening. Not oh, wow. like big avalanches, but just like every couple of minutes we'd be sitting there and there'd be like the sound of thunder as all this snow came crashing down off these sheer cliffs.
0: Jesus.
1: It was really cool.
0: Yeah, I I can imagine. That sounds. I mean, kind of also terrifying. Maybe a little bit.
1: The snow couldn't get me.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that's good. (laughs) But you made it back.
1: Canada. I had a good time. I. It was mostly raining, except for when we went up to the top of the Jasper Sky Tram gondola, which is it goes up past the timberline. So we went up there and got hit by an ice storm instead of a rainstorm. Huh yeah okay. okay so that was less fun because my hands were freezing off but it did catch uh canada's regional pokemon in pokemon go
0: oh good uh, like, which is um,
1: 30 seconds before this ice storm hit
0: is is it an Obama snow? is that uh the
1: no it's pachirisu or pachirisu it's a little
0: oh uh, the other electric squirrel. mouse pokemon
1: yeah it's an electric <laughs> squirrel pokemon oh i see okay
0: well, good. I'm glad you uh, you really paid attention to what's important in life there.
1: I did see a couple of bears.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Well, that's polar bears or just bear bears. Just regular bears. I I, can, I can't it's not gauge far how north. far north this was.
1: <laughs> no, we're near that far north. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: I feel like there was something else I was going to ask. Oh yeah. No. So that's the thing that I always have to like unpack with people from. Canada or Alaska is a thing that you mentioned called the Timberline. See, I... Are you unfamiliar with this concept? Coming from California, I was unfamiliar with the Timberline.
1: I'm from California, too. I know what it's Timberline See, timber but
0: you're more is. outdoorsy than I am.
1: That's very true. Uh, I am an Eagle Scout.
0: So, I didn't learn about the Timberline until I was talking with a, a Canadian friend, of, or a, an Alaskan friend of mine, uh, and I said something about the Snowline which is something that we have in California and Oregon, where sort of below a certain point, you're not really going to see much snow. And they were so confused by that because they just see snow everywhere when you're that far North. Like there is, there's no such thing as a snow line, Uh, but they have the timber line, which is above this line. You're not going to have any trees growing.
1: Yeah. It's not hospitable to trees, uh, trees just go up to a certain point on a mountain. And after that, they just die if they start growing there. So and it's, it's just rocks.
0: It's like the inverse of the, of the snow line in a way. Kind of.
1: Yeah. It's like, you know, Mount hood.
0: Yeah. I'm familiar. You know
1: right. how it's not covered in trees? Yeah. But it's surrounded by trees. Right. That's the timber line.
0: Right. And I just never put two and two together that that was like a thing that like we had a name for. Why would you have to have a name for that?
1: I remember I picked it up as a kid watching Bill Nye the Science Guy.
0: Ah, uh, science does rule.
1: Science rules. Uh, Taylor, did you know inertia is a property of matter?
0: I, yeah.
1: Bill, 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 Bill <laughs> Nye the Science Guy.
0: Have you seen that video where Bill Nye swears? Yes. It feels weird.
1: It's it feels like someone dubbed over his footage.
0: It's like it's like seeing. Like, did you ever have that like that one friend growing up whose parents were just so nice, you know, like the the like annoyingly nice parents and then you see one of them get mad about something and it just feels wrong. It's like what I like I get it. It's a human emotion and like it's not like you're not supposed to be this way, but I've never seen you upset about anything in my life. It just it felt it felt strange to me.
1: It was strange, but that's neither here nor there.
0: Neither here nor there. Uh, Jimmy, as we do every week, we talk about uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! We talk about uh, things that we're doing in the world. I want to take a brief moment to remind people, if they have not yet this month, please donate to the Yellowhammer Fund, to Trans Lifeline, to the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. All links we'll have in the show notes. Uh, Because we make this show for free. Sometimes Uh, it's not good, sometimes it is. Sometimes we reach mediocrity, uh, and we, we give it to you for free, so please spend that money in places that will do some good.
1: There's another place that's accepting uh, donations this week, and it's uh, SGDQ.
0: Yes! Thank you for reminding me. Summer Games Done Quick is happening right now, gamesdonequick.com. I've only been able to watch a little bit because I have a full-time job now, <laughs> Um but, uh, yeah, so uh, if you're not familiar with us talking about it previously, it's a week-long video game speedrunning marathon. I'm wearing one of their shirts right now, actually. Oh, I noticed that. Uh, I think it's most most of my shirts is, is their shirts, Lauren points out. Uh, but what they do is they, they raise money for charity by playing essentially a bunch of video games, uh, some of which you may be familiar with, some of which may be completely foreign to you, uh, and they play them as quickly as possible and sometimes this involves breaking them and finding glitches uh and it's it's very fun to watch have you were you able to watch any jimmy
1: uh i've been out of the country most of the week so i have not had the chance to do uh any viewing of the stream unfortunately except for little bits here and there okay well that's, that's I, what came, I, I came back from canada and immediately went back to my job okay. so
0: that, that's kind of what I, I figured. That makes time. sense. A lot of it, uh, if not all of it, actually is going to be up on YouTube. So if you go to YouTube.com, I think it's just slash games done quick. It should all be there. Uh, in the summer, they uh, raise money for uh, Doctors Without Borders um, or Médecins Sans Frontières, however you say it in the French, which is apparently the official name for it. Uh, and, uh, in the, in the winter they do it again and they raise money for the prevent cancer foundation. So two really, really good, uh, organizations there. Uh, I had, a, I had another note here that I see you highlighted a second ago that is, it's worth I, it mentioning. Feels, it's worth mentioning, but it feels less important now that I've said all the like charity oh. stuff. Uh, I went to, to watch this episode that we're going to talk about on my lunch break and I just realized like. How is there so much good shit on Netflix right now? Yeah. Holy cow. Uh,
1: I've been meaning to watch uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion for like years and years and years. It's finally on Netflix. I haven't sat down to watch it yet because I haven't had time. But they just added that. Um, and two of the movies. Add- yeah, they just well, added... Well,
0: all of the movies. The third one isn't out yet.
1: Okay. I have no idea. Like what is a proper viewing order that kind of thing
0: that, I'd that's on either.
1: there they just added into the spider verse at least in the u.s
0: yeah i heard that i don't think it's in the uk yet i haven't uh, done like a proper search for it but i felt like it would have come up on the first page if it was
1: one of my highlight highest recommended movies of last year
0: yeah and there's a there's a lot of other good stuff in there now of course now that we're talking about it i've forgotten let me just pull it up i feel like this is like an ad for netflix all of a sudden it's really not like you know there's so many people share my netflix <laughs> <lock in now. laughs> i'm paying for netflix for like two different families um uh oh yeah oh the raid is on netflix now uh the raid redemption um neon Gen- uh neon genesis evangelion wow a clip just started playing in my ear really loud uh this is gonna matter to no one and nothing, uh, but there are new episodes of Mock the Week on Netflix, uh, which is a British current events uh, game show thing. Um, yeah, I have no
1: idea what that is.
0: <laughs> Baby Driver is on Netflix now. Oh, it is. Yeah. I wonder at if least, it's on US At Netflix. least here, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. That was a good
1: movie.
0: Uh, we're getting some newer uh, Doctor Who stuff. There's like a Doctor Who special that uh, just got added. So, yeah, just, just a lot of good stuff. And I, I just, I don't know. I felt like that was worth noting for some reason. There's just a lot of good, quote unquote, television now that I don't have time to watch.
1: Yeah. You know what else is on Netflix? Yu Gi Oh!
0: It is on Netflix. Uh, Yu Gi ohs on Netflix. It's also on YouTube, it's also on uh, Hulu. Yeah, they put uh, it in a
1: lot of places, which honestly is kind of admirable.
0: Yeah, and it's
1: very easy to watch. Uh, this show
0: and it, it, it's especially cool for the youtube channel they've been adding a lot of the newer shows as well so if you want to watch like you say you don't want to watch along with our show but you want to watch like arc v or Zexel, because uh, those names make sense uh, Five D's. <laughs> you can uh you can go to uh their youtube and actually just subscribe there and there's a lot of stuff there um, so that's, that's pretty cool. And that way you, uh, only have to deal with YouTube ads and not Hulu ads, which I find far worse. Uh, this episode, should we, should we say w- what it's called? I just realized that I haven't actually said the name of the episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Uh,
0: this week we're going to be talking about, uh, season two, episode three, which is the past is present. Ooh. It's time to de- 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 discuss the episode I'm so sorry that was so like abrupt. I've been thinking to myself I, I really want to be like more chill maybe when I when I go between segments. I was telling learn this earlier to have
1: smoother transitions
0: well I was, I was telling Learn this earlier. I thought it'd be so funny to have like a partner podcast to you activate my podcast and I, I don't know what to call it. The first name that came to mind was you deactivated my podcast. <laughs> which I feel like is just like a joke on a joke now. Uh, but it would be a oh, man.
1: podcast is canceled.
0: A Yu-Gi-Oh relaxation and meditation podcast. <laughs>
1: Tell me what the fuck are you talking just, about? You know,
0: I just, I just want to be more, more focused and centered in my life. Uh, find
1: your heart of the cards. <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, this episode is season two, episode three, the past is present. Uh, it's, Does
1: this one have a cooler name in Japanese?
0: Yeah, kind of. So the the translated Japanese title is "Lost Memories of the Pharaoh." Ooh. Yeah. So it's a. That's
1: it's, spooky and mysterious. Yeah,
0: it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, the I, I didn't pull up the official summary of it, but it's one of those where if you summarize it even briefly, it kind of just gives away the whole thing. So I feel really weird about that. I, I don't know. How, how did you feel about the just like overall gist of, of the episode?
1: Yeah, for sure. This episode was much more of like a exposition dump. Yeah. But I liked it a lot because it was all ancient magical nonsense and very little um, anything else. Uh,
0: so I pulled up the uh, the summary of the episode. Uh, d- should I read it? Do you think it gives too much away? There's a
1: lot in there to unpack. I feel like the main. We can read it after the after the after we talk about it. Okay. I feel okay. Like well, it's a spoiler for the yeah. episode. But yeah. also, the existence of this podcast is a spoiler for the episode. So,
0: <laughs> spoilers. Spoiler alert! Sorry. Spoiler Sorry. alert <laughs> for this twenty-year-old TV
1: <laughs> show. If you haven't seen Yu-Gi-Oh
0: before. You you I don't Why know I don't know how this. this is your first introduction to Yu-Gi-Oh but uh, it's my
1: first introduction to Yu-Gi-Oh.
0: Well yeah cuz I I forced it upon you. This is <laughs> uh I described this podcast to somebody as better friendship through torture. <laughs>
1: it kind of is.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it holds it holds fairly accurate. Uh, but let's talk about the episodes. So the episode opens with uh, a figure that have we seen her in the intro? I feel like we got a hint that this character existed. I but haven't that might seen her be, before. Okay, that might be just my sort of residual knowledge. Uh And she's introduced as a Miss Ishtar. Uh, Ishtar is uh, an Egyptian woman who is wearing sort of traditional, quote, anime traditional yeah. uh, clothing. Uh, she's got like... Uh, a gold sort of headdress on and a a gold necklace that looks suspiciously familiar
1: you know like egyptians do
0: right uh and uh her plane is landing this like private plane uh that she's on and it lands and she is greeted at the airport by people who say that they are from the domino museum uh which i assume is the domino city museum right like the city that that Yu-Gi-Oh! takes place in, Domino City, right? Not
1: just a museum for Domino's.
0: Right, 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 yeah. Which would
1: be very boring.
0: <laughs> Wait, which Domino's, though? <laughs> are, we talking, are we talking... Oh, you're thinking about the pizza. I'm thinking the pizza.
1: <laughs> I mean, let's be honest.
0: Dominoes... This episode
1: is brought to you by Domino's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm about to break that sponsorship here in a second, because Domino's, before, like, five years ago, was, like, that pizza could be in a museum somewhere, because it was... Crap! <laughs> this is what
1: uh, the ancient people had to eat.
0: It was like it was like a uh, flat rock. Uh, yeah, she lands
1: so... in uh, what's possibly the fattest plane I've ever seen in anime. Did you get a look at this thing?
0: I guess I didn't really notice that, but now that you say it, yeah, it was kind of a kind of a kind of a plumper.
1: Yeah, oh. this friggin' plane that she lands in looks like it should be like a double or even triple decker plane. But then it has just one tiny row of windows. So it's like the inside... Does the inside of this plane have vaulted ceilings or something?
0: No, you know what I think it is? I think the inside of the plane just has vaults.
1: Oh, quite possibly.
0: It's just it's just all of her relics. Uh, stored, I guess, above and below the ceiling. Because <laughs> the windows are kind of in the center there, if I remember correctly, yeah. right? So it's just like... Huh? Yeah, I don't know. Cause do they show the inside of the plane? I'm trying. I'm trying to. They show a shot, uh, I think, of her looking out of the plane, if I remember correctly, and it didn't seem
1: probably briefly
0: large. Uh, But yeah, you know, it's sort of a. I guess it came from Egypt. Uh, In the, I was reading on on the wiki. In the Japanese version, it said Egypt Air on the side.
1: Oh, interesting. So it could be just that it's a.
0: Yeah, no, they just removed the whole the whole text, I guess, uh, for the, the translation. But it could just be that, like, oh, it's an international flight. International flights have big planes, right? <laughs> here's, here's a sure. big one. Uh, but so that, I, I didn't notice that so much because I was distracted by the first thing that the Domino Museum representatives say to Ishtar uh, as she gets off the plane. They say the words, Miss Ishtar, welcome to America. <laughs>
1: This is the first I think uh thing we've seen in the show that firmly cements that yes, this is taking place in America.
0: Yeah, this is the first time we've established what country this is in, and I have questions.
1: It's uh it's Japanifornia, the same country <laughs> as um Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney.
0: Oh there, where you, okay, it's there you go.
1: America firmly right. in air quotes.
0: It's uh, uh... but
1: you No, it's Japan.
0: What's that? What's the the city that Big Hero Six takes place in?
1: Oh, uh, it's um, San Francisco.
0: Yeah, (laughs) where it's like it's like Seoul, Tokyo, and San Francisco all in one. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. Okay, first question: If they're in America, why is it so? Why is it? Bandit Keith. (laughs) Why is Bandit Keith? Right? Like, why is his whole thing? I'm the American duelist, and that's what makes me different. Also, machines. That's not Bandit Keith's voice at all, but you get my point, right? Like he yeah. he's the one that talks in the American accent. Not that's that's not it either. Uh but he uh he, his whole thing is like he wears the red, white, and blue bandana and the he's yeah. the American. If they're in America, that doesn't seem so special anymore. He's Republican. Ah, there <laughs> <is>. <laughs> Make Dual Monsters great again. Um uh, He's from he...
1: Texas. No, then he'd be <laughs> Texan Key. No,
0: the, he'd be the Lone Star duelist. That would uh, be a
1: much more interesting character. That'd be
0: a much more interesting character. Second question is in the episode The Wrath of Rebecca, doesn't Rebecca make a huge deal about taking an international flight from America?
1: Oh, yeah. I had completely forgotten about <laughs> Rebecca. They're kind is of playing like an fast East Coast, West Coast thing. The... Is that
0: what she meant? But they say international, I'm pretty sure.
1: They're kind of playing fast and loose with the uh, localization here.
0: Right. I mean, I'm fine with it being in America. Put it in America if you want to put it in America. Put it wherever you want. As long as it's consistent. Right. <laughs> I At this point, I'm, I'm sort of like, I have to assume that uh, Domino City is like that island from Dr. Doolittle that just floats around of its own accord and is never in the same place twice.
1: I've never seen Doctor Doolittle.
0: Oh, I, f- I forget the I forget the name of it. Um, it'll come to me at some point. But there's an island that floats around. Not in the not in the Eddie Murphy Doctor Doolittle, where he talks. To, he just talks to animals. In the like older Doctor Doolittle, the the OG the version. Well, the book and the like earliest movie version. Oh, uh, with the with the push me pull you.
1: I read the book a very long time ago. I guess I just forgot that there was a floating island.
0: Anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, what's here is America.
1: <laughs> what's there is Egypt.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, they uh, sort of, you know, they, they intimate that she's brought a lot of, like, valuable uh, ancient artifacts. And that Boy, they've taken...
1: that's why mm-hmm. the plane is so big. It's an international flight direct from Egypt to the West Coast.
0: That could be it with a lot of valuable artifacts on it. They just yeah. needed a big plane. That's or why for the all plane that is field. so big.
1: It's full of gas tanks
0: so it right. can fly so far. Right. Uh, it's, it's holding uh, subsequently smaller planes that can take off and make the whole journey.
1: Uh, <laughs> it just fires so, planes like a nesting doll.
0: Yeah, it's an Egyptian nesting plane. You don't have those? <laughs> Uh, so they, they they assure her that they've taken extra precautions to transport her items. Uh, they really lean into that word for some reason. Items securely, uh, and she looks at the dude uh, who's standing there, sort of a you know, security guard-looking guy, and she goes, uh, "Yeah, I know your whole secret plan. It's uh, and it's to uh... use
1: garbage trucks to transport them, <laughs> right."
0: I couldn't remember if it was that or the literal plot to uh, the Italian job. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it was garbage trucks. They have eight identical garbage trucks or whatever, and they're going to transport them in one of them, and nobody's going to know which except for her because she knows, and the guard's like, how did you know? How did you guess my plan? Uh, And her necklace shimmers. Yeah, she looks down at her
1: necklace which has the like millennium eye on it like that for sure a millennium item yeah oh yeah it's gold it has an eyeball it's a millennium item
0: i I also want to uh, point out
1: while we're describing it here uh it also like next to the eyeball it has two spikes that point directly upward at the underside of her neck
0: yeah it's got like fangs on it it's got like tusks almost i hope uh, she
1: never has to look down at anything
0: yeah (laughs)
1: where <laughs> she's going to be losing a lot of blood.
0: I mean, I guess that's a way to, like, sort of maintain that pose. You know, like, I'm trying it right now. You kind of got to gotta stick your chest yeah. out a little bit and, like, keep your chin up. It's but, yeah, like it, it is a little dubious. That
1: picture of the guy in the... I think that the it's the Chinese military to train for, like, their parades and stuff. They have needles that they put through their collar kind of poking at their necks. So if you move your head at all, you'll get poked.
0: And oh, that's Jesus. how you train
1: yourself to keep that completely rigid posture the whole time.
0: I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Also, this is a cartoon. (laughs) If if they really need a character to have good posture, they could just draw it that way.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with this Millennium item besides it messes with people's minds and the future. Yeah,
0: it does a lot of interesting things that I, I haven't quite figured out. Uh, but she's like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fine. I have my ways of knowing things, but your plan is all good. So like, go, go for your, go for the garbage truck plan. Yeah. Sure. She
1: can see the future and she has a thing that pokes you. Uh, it's the Gam Jabbar.
0: There it is. There it is. She has gone through the trial of pain. Uh, and Ishtar is the Kwisatz <laughs> Uh... And she controls the spice. Um, so uh, we cut away from this scene to a recurring motif of this episode that I am not a fan of. They and They keep motif doing is, this
1: again and again.
0: That motif is Yugi sad. <laughs> you know, I, I, was, I was thinking about this before we started recording. You mentioned uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, man, okay eva is on netflix why would anyone watch or listen to a show about Oh with that good of an anime on netflix but then I, I saw this scene and i realized oh no actually there is a lot in common you know just just bouts and bouts of teenage depression
1: <laughs> navel gazing
0: yeah really just uh really just keeping us interested here
1: it's like the running joke in arrested development when uh George Michael is just sad and just like walks around like Charlie Brown with his head pointed directly at the ground. It's all that except Yugi's doing it.
0: And that's that's the thing. So like, okay. <laughs> I I get that he is going through some stuff, but he needs to say these words out loud to someone other than his imaginary friend just so he can hear how ridiculous he sounds right now because <laughs> He's walking, like you said, with basically the Charlie Brown, like, sad Christmas music playing. Uh, and he he all but, like, walks into traffic because he's just not paying attention. He's just, like, staring at his feet. And he's saying to himself, I don't know what I would have done if I had lost the spirit of the puzzle in that fire. And he's, like, beating himself up for the the fire that happened in the previous episode.
1: Yeah, for almost losing
0: Right, and not even losing by, you know, really any of his own fault, at least in the duel. uh, I guess it is his fault that he took the necklace off, and the new chain that he bought kind of worked against him there. Like, that part's his fault. Yeah, he can own that one. Giving
1: your magical puzzle away to some random street vendor.
0: That part's your fault. So he can
1: read your fortune or whatever.
0: But that's like... An easy lesson to learn, I yeah. think. Just don't give valuables to strangers, maybe. <laughs>
1: don't be a dumbass.
0: Right. And, and he keeps coming back to the fire, and it's, like, flashbacks of him trying to put the puzzle back together while the, the you know, flames are, are raging around him. And I think uh, you had a note of this here somewhere of, uh, like, r- really what he should be focusing on is not that the puzzle could have been lost, but that, like, he could have died in that fire.
1: Yeah. The puzzle would have been fine. It's metal.
0: Right, things things would have worked out okay for the puzzle. You, the human child, uh, are susceptible to flame.
1: <laughs> you would have burned alive. That uh, that that would have been an issue. This ancient metal artifact has sur- survived for like six thousand years or whatever. Uh, I think yeah. it can handle uh, a, a little bit of heat.
0: It's it's literally magic.
1: It is literally magic.
0: Uh I, I wish, so Taya shows up in this scene as well, but Taya shows up just a little bit behind Yugi, so he gets across the street, and she shows up on the, on the wrong side of the street. She waves to him, he doesn't see her. Uh, I, I wish she'd shown up just a moment earlier so they could have had this conversation, but Taya does see uh, the the TVs, this like wall of... News TVs, yeah, I guess, like she's you know, like, a, like cut a TV off by story.
1: the the light changing, and she's cut off from Yugi by the traffic. So she conveniently conveniently ends up directly in front of those one of those giant wall of news TVs that are all showing the same channel and are loud enough to hear through the glass, apparently. Because Jimmy, that's when... a convenient plot device for movies and TV.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say we we see this a lot in movies and TV where there's like oh there's the TV store playing the news channel right at the right time. When has that ever happened in real life?
1: I can't imagine a single time in my life where I've seen something like that. Every time I see a whole bunch of TVs showing the same thing, it's like the electronics section inside a, uh, a store where you Wait, have to go through who? like four different uh, like metal detectors to get to. They're not going to yeah, just who's... have them directly next to the street corner where they can get uh, stolen by it... any idiot with a
0: hammer. Yes, exactly. Who is putting their televisions in a window display? (laughs) No one. Uh, But here it is nonetheless. uh, And she sees uh, Ishtar from the earlier scene giving an announcement, uh, inviting uh, people to her museum exhibition at the Domino Museum uh, that chronicles the history of Egyptian games. Because that's a thing that people are interested in in this world
1: yeah she says game fans are especially invited because they have all these like ancient tablets that go into like ancient egyptian games right mm, i wonder where this is going <laughs> can you possibly guess
0: uh we cut to the kaiba brothers watching the exact same announcement and uh mokuba is like he, Mokuba's watching the TV. I, I say Kaiba's watching the announcement. Kaiba's on his laptop. Yeah, Kaiba's at like, his
1: desk just watching bar graphs move. Like, <laughs> you Mokuba... see it, like, all these like different charts and graphs just kind of flashing a second after yeah. each other. And he's, like,
0: doing business. And Mokuba's like, hey, you know, uh, uh, Seto, we should go to that. Uh, it, it looks like a lot of Seto, fun. Seto,
1: this looks really cool, brother. Do you want to go oh, see this he, Egyptian? This Egyptian artifacts at the
0: museum, brother oh, make it stop uh okay no I'll, i'll I'll, I'll return the the imitation here uh the the reply that Mokuba gets <laughs> is Seto goes I still can't believe this is a real line uh Seto goes, i'm running a company, Mokuba. I don't have time for mummies and pharaohs.
1: Like, that Which stopped like, him from doing all kinds of dumb bullshit in the last season.
0: Kaiba has had so much time for mummies and pharaohs. <laughs> his company is based on mummies and pharaohs. Yeah.
1: All he does is, like, go to random islands in his helicopter and, like, test out his new systems and shit. It, it doesn't... He can't like, spare five minutes from looking up from his laptop bar charts
0: maybe that's maybe that's it maybe he needs mummies and pharaohs plus math yeah <laughs> which mummies which would explain a parents. later scene actually because he does <laughs> we'll get to it uh he does carry his briefcase with him later on in this episode for yeah. a reason that i cannot figure out but i was I trying I to figure
1: i was expecting him to open it and have some like dual discs in there but he just is carrying a giant briefcase around this entire episode
0: it's, it's because, Jimmy, I've, I've realized it's because I'm running a company, Mokuba. He's a businessman. And that's he's to, that's to demonstrate that he's a businessman. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: so, <laughs> um, He's changed his outfit, too, I do want to point out. He's wearing yeah. this absolutely ridiculous 80s shoulder pads jacket that's, like, bright yeah. purple. And then it has these shoulder pads that have, like, spikes at the end.
0: He it looks, looks like, like a
1: WoW character. <laughs>
0: I was going to say, he looks like he's in an all-girl band in the 80s. He has pauldrons. Yeah, he, absolute pauldrons. They they are spiky. Uh, it's a good look for Kaiba, though, I think because the rest of him is so uninteresting. Like Generic Yugi brown-haired
1: has, anime character.
0: Yeah, like Yugi has the hair, you know. Even Tristan has his, his signature trench coat. That's a good look. Uh, y- you know, he really needed something to kind of kind of let him pop he's Uh, also
1: wearing a necklace that has like a tiny dual monsters card on it
0: yeah no that's like
1: the design on back
0: yeah no that's that's canon that's been in there for a while (laughs) has Uh, he been wearing it
1: this whole time
0: uh, mokuba has one too
1: i guess i just haven't uh they show one. Is this the locket where they have the picture of each other? These are the okay. lockets.
0: Yes, they have the dual monsters card on them. I
1: forgot; it looked like a tiny, tiny dual monsters card.
0: Yeah, it's it's something that you don't really think about until they give a close up, and then you're like, "Oh, that's a choice." <laughs> oh, all right, <laughs> okay. Uh, so, it, mo, uh, uh, not Mokuba, Seto, Kaiba, the, the Kaiba the Elder. Uh, yeah. Is, whenever is, we
1: say. Mo- Kaiba and not Mokuba Just assume we're talking about Seto. <laughs> your,
0: your your flub there made me think we should just call them Kaiba and Mokiba. <laughs> uh, so so Kaiba is uh, too busy running a company to be interested, but he receives a phone call and he picks up the phone and uh, I forget how he answers it. Does he just put it to his ear or does he say like hello or something? He says Kaiba. <laughs> I'm always really interested in how people in TV shows answer the phone because it's so, it tells you a lot about their character.
1: Uh, He's obsessed with the way people answer the phone.
0: Hi, Lauren. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi. Um, This isn't my first interruption, but you've probably cut all the rest of them out. Who knows? Um,
0: Because we've talked about this before where you're always like annoyed when people pick up the phone and they're just like, oh, hey, dad, yeah, how's it going? Okay, sounds good, bye. And it's like they they couldn't have had a conversation in that time, yeah.
1: Or they always, like, hang up a phone and they don't, like, say goodbye or anything. They just snap yes, it shut. Yes, the,
0: the hanging up without saying goodbye bugs me so much, and I, I can tell you exactly where both of these hangups come from in my life, and they are both issues related to my mother. Hi, mom.
1: Does your mom I, I, listen
0: to this? I don't know. I hope I hope not. Why would my mom listen to this? Is my mom interested in Yu-Gi-Oh?
1: <laughs> I, I haven't known for years. I just had the mental image of me trying to explain to my parents, A, what a podcast is, B, what <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh is, and C, right. that I do this podcast.
0: I mean, you explained to them the, the Legend of Zelda meme well enough, I think. Did I? I think... Yeah, here's here's how you do it, Jimmy. You you tell them that uh, it's like it's like this American Life, but you can listen whenever you want, and it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I no, just but had anyway, a flashback yeah. to
1: when I was on uh, a scout trip and my dad was driving, and like we kids were in the back seat talking about iPods or whatever, mm-hmm. and he turned and asked if we listened to Digicasts. <laughs>
0: He digicast
1: digicast he got he got 90 percent there but didn't quite get the the grasp on it
0: oh man i really want to make a podcast called digicast now
1: welcome to the digicast uh, it's, it's like it's a too, show but it's
0: online it's it's too close to digital moncast for me which is a <laughs> digimon podcast that's really good <laughs> uh it's, anyway, yeah, the telephone thing still bothers me, just like, because that does not match any conversation I have ever had on the phone. No. Uh, but it's but it's really funny that he answers it just, Kaiba. <laughs> like he's expecting a call from himself. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, the voice on the other end of the phone is Ishtar, and Ishtar's is like... You should really be more interested in that museum ex- exhibition, uh, said Kaiba. No, no, and he's she like,
1: says, uh, You should be more interested in my press conference that's going on oh, right now. Oh, that's right. And then he's like, What? And then he looks at the TV. And, and, Ish- and right then, then Ishtar, it's, it must have been pre recorded because Ishtar on TV is not on the phone.
0: Is she talking to the phone via some sort of psychic connection? Uh, I I, I genuinely don't know. Maybe she just put the phone away real quick as he turned to
1: look. (laughs) Anyway, uh, it's Ishtar on TV looking directly at the camera and saying, I'd like to extend a personal invitation to Seto Kaiba.
0: Yep and i think it just cuts off there right she's just like all right kaiba come to this thing uh you'll be very interested in what i have to offer or what what i have to show or something Uh, which i love
1: because it's just her showing off at this point she could have just called him and invited him personally but she called him and say hey you should be watching my press conference instead of typing on your computer so he looks at the tv and then she invites him through the tv
0: and, okay, this is the thing that's been missing from people who have Millennium Items, right? People who have Millennium Items have either kept their powers secret until it's too late, you know, like Pegasus. Uh, kept their powers secret just forever, like uh, Bakura. It'll, it'll come out eventually. Uh, or uh, kept their powers secret because they themselves are hiding like... Whoever it was, that mind-controlled bandit Keith, right? Like we yeah. never even see that person, and now here's a person who's just like, "Yo, what up? I got magical powers. <laughs> What's <laughs> it's up? Me. I can see the
1: future. I can read your mind. I know what, exactly what you're doing here. Uh, why don't you do exactly what I know you're going to do?"
0: And that is that is the way to have magical powers in this world. Is just to be like, "Hey, you important person, I have magical powers. You're gonna do what I say now." <laughs> Truly the
1: Kwisatz Haderach
0: because it works is the thing too because the very next shot we get is Kaiba arriving at the exhibition briefcase in hand for some reason
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah this entire episode he's just carrying his giant ass briefcase around that you'd think would have like a dual disc system in there but it's Chekhov's gun is left unfired he never opens it we never see what's inside and it literally does not matter
0: I I feel like I have a theory of what's in it just based on what we've seen him like use that model briefcase for in the past. We've seen it used once for, he had uh, a bunch of cards uh, when he first tried bribing grandpa way back in episode one. Oh yeah. Uh, And then we saw it again when he showed off the, uh, the, the Beyblade style portable holographic arena. He pulled the little discs out of that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, have we seen it since then?
1: I can't remember. I genuinely uh, can't
0: remember. I I would make a bet on this, and I don't know if there's ever a true way to find out. I think this one's empty. He's just
1: carrying it around to show off that he's a I, businessman?
0: I think it's a decoy. I think he maybe has a deck of cards in his pocket because he's Kaiba. Mm-hmm. But I think this one's empty because he's thinking maybe I can put something in it.
1: Mm, you think he's going? He think you think he thinks he's going to get something cool to put in
0: there. That's my that's my guess. Or maybe he hopes that he is, and he kind of does. Uh, but he arrives at the exhibition and he's greeted by Ishtar and her bodyguards, like five dudes. Uh, and, uh, he's, he looks around and he's like, am I the only guest here? Am I the only person who showed up? And then Ishtar goes, oh, well, I did say it's a private exhibition. She did not uh and i guess private means that it's definitely a trap because they lock the doors behind him
1: yeah all the the she's surrounded by all these bodyguards and two of them like go right in behind kaiba and say we lock the doors no one's getting in or out
0: i love the guard voices in this show can i just (laughs) say that real quick all of the guards have excellent voices in the show. You can tell
1: all of the guards are just the regular voice actors, but they were like, okay, we need some guard voices here now too. Can you do some like random guard voices that won't sound like your characters? And yeah, sound like anyone actors...
0: but, but your character.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, ma'am. It's uh, I, I'm the bodyguard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so they... So they so they close the doors. And they, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The character trait that the bodyguard would end the sentence by saying, "I'm the bodyguard." Uh, so, the, so
1: nothing the bodygu- suspicious here, ma'am. I'm the bodyguard. So,
0: so the bodyguards are like, okay, we locked the doors, uh, and. Uh Kaiba's like, "Well, what the fuck? You just like invite me here to to trap me." And she goes, "No, no, no. You can leave whenever you like." Which again, I think is a lie. Yeah. Uh but she goes, "I think you'll be you'll be interested in what I have to sort of offer you." Uh and then she asks, "Do you believe in destiny?" To which, which he replies,
1: a- uh-huh. "Does it matter?"
0: You know, in a different tone, this would be the weirdest pickup line. (laughs) Like, like imagine we just we shift the scenery here from a private exhibition to like, I mean, even just an exhibition at a museum, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the 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 Egyptian woman sort of coming up next to to Seto Kaiba, the the brilliant billionaire and being like, do you believe in destiny? And him looking at her and saying, doesn't matter. (laughs) <laughs> the music swells
1: you took this in a very different direction than i did which i thought uh was an excellent summation of like the concept of destiny because if oh. destiny is real it literally does not matter what you believe because destiny is going to happen
0: destiny is like a honey badger it don't give a fuck <laughs> honey badger don't care uh yeah it, it uh it, it you know uh huh i guess it, yeah i hadn't thought of it that way Do you think he meant it that way? I think uh,
1: Kaiba doesn't care about any of this shit. He just wants to go home and look at his laptop.
0: Yeah, okay. That that sounds more accurate. (laughs) He even says... uh, So she starts explaining like, uh, you know, thousands of years ago, uh, sorcerers summoned monsters and... uh, uh, fought duels with their spirits and all these things. She, she essentially gives us the like background information on dual monsters that we've heard earlier on in the season. Right. Mm -hmm. That's this part, right. I'm not, I'm not skipping ahead. She gives like a, she gives like a summary at least about like, uh, Oh no, here's what it is. Here's what she talks about. Sorry. Uh, I have my notes mixed up. She talks about the nature of destiny. Uh, the, the belief that history, uh, repeats itself and that the things we do are because of uh, patterns set in stone thousands of years ago. And she's saying this as they're walking through like these you know, Egyptian artifacts and stone carvings and yeah, things. Yeah, just
1: like, imagine generic Egyptian artifacts, like big wall carvings and paintings and stuff.
0: And this was a line that I had written down, and this is why it, it stood out to me, is his response to this little lecture is, I didn't come here for Egyptian history 101. Which yeah. is like yeah, dude, that's not what's happening right now. This is, like, a completely separate conversation. Yeah,
1: this is some important shit, and you're not... Kaiba this whole time is just, like, not letting her get a word in edgewise. He's just tired of her talking and wants her to get to the point.
0: Yeah, and we even... To the point where we have a flashback just to remind us, like, why Kaiba is here, and it's a shot we didn't get previously, where it's Kaiba on the phone and Ishtar over the phone says, "Are you interested in owning a dual monsters card more powerful than Exodia?"
1: That's the whole reason Kaiba is here. He's not interested in any of this like ancient magical shit. He just wants cool cards,
0: right? Exactly. So like, Such- he
1: shows up here and he's like, "Where's my cards?" Right. I want those cards.
0: <laughs> and so and so Ishtar reveals that Pegasus made cards that were more powerful than exodia but he kept them for himself because he's pegasus and that's a thing that he has been known to do <laughs> uh before we get more of an explanation of this though we cut back to yugi brooding at home uh i think we just play the same flashback scene as last time and from some the of the same
1: just emotion is there just this whole episode, just over and over, is Yugi feeling bad about himself for not <laughs> and being able to save the, the Pharaoh? But he did save the Pharaoh, but he almost didn't. Therefore, he's a failure, I guess.
0: That's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing that bugs me. Thank you. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. He's getting mad at himself for almost not succeeding. Which, to
1: him, is the same as failure. Right. That he would have failed if not for the help of his friends. But, like, the entire purpose of the entire last season was that uh, you can only win with the power of friendship and all that bullshit.
0: Right. Friendship is magic, Yugi. Have you learned nothing from watching all, what, 13 seasons of My Little Pony? Uh. So anyway, I don't know. That's the part of, of it that annoys me. But then we also cut to Taya, who is asleep somewhere?
1: I think she has, like, fallen asleep on her desk.
0: Okay, okay. If I remember uh, right. And she's having this dream where we see this, like... where would you Where would you say this is? What does this look like in, like, other movies?
1: It looks like the scene in Indiana Jones where he goes to the temple that has the... I'm completely blanking on the name of the artifact.
0: The cup one. The cup one. <laughs> the cup one. Uh, you know, the Holy Grail. The Holy yeah, Grail, that's the one. yes. He's going <laughs> to this one.
1: generic uh, Egyptian canyon that has some, like, pharaoh monster creatures carved into the side of the canyon, and then, like, ahead of him is a temple, and he just, like, starts walking up the stairs into it. And Taya, I forget what she says... I think she says, like, hey, where are you going? And uh, Yugi turns and says, I'm going to face my destiny. And he walks into the temple and the, like, ancient doors close behind him.
0: Which, like, why couldn't we just have had more of that in the episode? Honestly, that's it was the most cinematic scene in this whole episode. <laughs> and it was 10 seconds long, if that.
1: Yeah. And then she awakes uh, with a start. <sighs> and it was all just a dream
0: do you think that teya has psychic powers
1: i think this hints that she has some sort of uh mental s- strength that is she, more powerful than usual
0: she's got the shining a little, little bit say of the shining. she has
1: it. the shining but she has um kind of the same the same powers of precognition Okay, which is why she's the smartest character in the whole show. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was kind of where I was going with that. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a shame to me that the female characters in this episode are there solely for the purpose of exposition. Because if it, again, it's just like. We see so many hints of like, oh, you're actually the most capable person here, but you have to explain to these dipshits what's going on, so your time's sort of used up.
1: Yeah. Sorry you don't get any like character development. It was all put into exposition.
0: Right. Uh speaking of exposition, Ishtar, uh back to the museum.
1: Time for a shit ton of exposition.
0: Yeah. You, if if the thing you were wanting in this show was more of an explanation of the ancient nature of dual monsters, you were about to get it. Uh, I
1: mean, that's what I was looking forward to.
0: See, this- I believe that about you is the thing, actually. <laughs> I know this to be true.
1: I love uh, this ancient magical backstory. Let's well, get okay, into so it you, here.
0: You talk about this, this scene for me because okay. this is the part where I was just like, uh-huh. And 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 next, please. So t- tell me what happens here.
1: Uh, I don't. Th- I don't think we're here at the flashback yet. But uh, Ishtar and Kaiba go and see. They are walking through the museum. And they hang out by this stone, giant stone tablet, and Ishtar is like giving the same backstory that we've already seen as the viewers, but this is all news to Kaiba that monsters in ancient Egypt were being summoned by these sorcerers, but be, they couldn't be controlled. And so the monsters brought the world to the brink of destruction, and so the pharaoh and his uh, followers sealed them away in stone tablets so they couldn't rampage around. But some of the, fa- the sorcerers betrayed him and started waging a war against him because now that the uh, demons and stuff were imprisoned in these tablets they could then be controlled because their power is weakened and so they were able to be commanded to attack each other and the pharaoh and various people
0: right dual monsters origins yeah it's i'm trying to find like a good like allegory for this like a good equivalent somehow but it's just not it's not coming to me it's it's like uh Oh, uh nuclear warfare is too dangerous here. Let's uh put it in a in a missile in a submarine. Okay, cool. That solved that problem. We're not going to we're not going to just blow each other up Uh-oh. right away with these nukes, but uh all right. Uh here's here's uh control. Uh don't wage war against me, please. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> oh, a war happened.
1: Oh no, we weaponized monsters. Oh no, Whoops. someone has <laughs> used the monsters against me.
0: who could have foreseen this who
1: could have possibly seen this coming who would have Uh, thought that summoning demons would ever turn out badly
0: right (laughs) you Uh, know what it is it's ancient doom Oh, it kind of is. Thank you. That's yeah. So in Doom, right, the whole reason that Mars goes to shit is because they uh, they dig an extra dimensional tunnel to hell. Is that right?
1: Yeah, they makes the scientists make some sort of portal to hell on Mars to get
0: hell energy. Yeah, but renewable in order to get hell energy. Right, uh, but you know when, when you when you raise a little hell. Uh, demons come through apparently as part of the as part of the backfiring of that plan. Uh, so yeah, you know, I it's it's continually funny to me that the pharaoh's name is Atem because it's Meta backwards.
1: That's pretty and you meta. Would think,
0: you would think, yeah, you would think that somebody named Meta would be able to maybe think ahead a little bit further than this. It's just like, you know, if you're gonna banish the monsters, just banish the monsters.
1: Yeah, don't keep them around. Right. Oh, what if we need these monsters later? No, you're gonna gonna get stabbed in the back. And it turns out he does. Uh, Ishtar and Kaiba stop in front of a particularly large and ominous looking stone carving, and Ishtar is like, oh, you don't believe in all this magic stuff? Check this shit out. And she zooms in. It's a Carving of a duel between the Pharaoh and his greatest opponent. And wouldn't you know, it looks exactly like Yugi and Kaiba. And. Gasp! Gasp! And dun dun dun. Uh, Yugi is the Pharaoh, as you can obviously see from his ridiculous bullshit haircut. Uh, <laughs> I guess the other one I is love... Kaiba for. Unre- it's kind of a stretch to say that it's a drawing of Kaiba because uh-huh. it looks so generic. Uh, But literally the only reason you can tell it's him is because above him is the blue-eyes-white dragon, and above Yugi is the uh, dark magician.
0: I love how even Kaiba is unconvinced that it's a carving of him, and Ishtar has to be like, look above the sorcerer, who could that be? And then Kaiba goes, blue-eyes-white dragon!
1: Yeah, therefore... Because this guy has the same haircut as a kid in the modern age. And this guy has a monster that looks like your favorite card. You're the same people.
0: I mean, that does speak to the uniqueness of that haircut. Yeah. <laughs> 5,000 years, only one person has had it.
1: It is an extremely... <laughs> How the hell did the ancient pharaoh get the hair gel required to keep his hair like that? Magic. Magic. It's magic hair. It's magic he is hair. He's infused with the power of the protagonist. <laughs> anyway kaiba is not convinced and so ishtar is like okay dumbass let me sh- use my magic powers on you and once again kaiba is hit with a power of a millennium item uh there's all this light and he starts yelling as he is blinded by the energy emanating from blinded the millennium item and he's like light. "Ah!" and now doesn't we she see... say
0: doesn't she say open your mind just like uh, Yugi did way back in episode one. I think when she... she
1: did. I think she does. I guess it just Kaiba... didn't take the first time.
0: Kaiba's has had his mind opened in a couple of different ways.
1: <laughs> another day another ancient artifact using magic on his brain.
0: You'd... Maybe this is how this is how he's gotten so smart is his mind just keeps getting opened by magical <laughs> means
1: but he's just so goddamn stubborn that it doesn't work on him right <laughs> Right.
0: so anyway so yeah so she uses the millennium necklace i guess is what we're calling it sure
1: the
0: millennium uh necklace
1: to... shows him uh he is transported sort of back in time to witness this event that happened this duel mm-hmm. between the pharaoh and his opponent and he is just kind of Floating through the air as a spirit, watching this going on.
0: It's um, sort of, a, it's sort of like a Christmas Carol. Yes,
1: it's, it's exactly like a Christmas Carol, except in this one, instead of ghosts of Christmas past, it's millennium. The ghost item of
0: of, of, of dualness past, dualness
1: <laughs> past. Uh, and we see an a giant uh Egyptian chamber. I guess is the only <laughs> word to describe it. I'm trying to think of words that are better for it, but it's a giant. Uh, ostensibly in some sort of temple
0: right yeah it's it's super unclear where this is it's kind of just like it, it, you can almost see it on the, in the script large stone room interior <laughs>
1: yeah lit by torches and at the head of the room is the pharaoh just kind of hanging out on his throne and, and lining it's sort of like a um like bleachers there's yeah. a bunch of, like, stone-carved walls that are, like, chairs, and it's lining an the ancient, floor.
0: It's an ancient basketball court, is it, what it is. It is an
1: ancient basketball court, and lining the, the benches are, on each side are our good friends, the spooky cultists.
0: Who, I, I... <sighs> I can't decide if they're my favorite or my least favorite recurring bit because they're all chanting in unison again, and it's really weird.
1: They're chanting in unison, which would be like cool and ominous if their chant wasn't incredibly dumb.
0: It. Do you, did you ever watch like the not the new Sabrina show, but like the the uh, was it Melissa Joan Hart was the original Sabrina? No, nope. giving me the nod. We're good uh and the you know the spells in that are like all rhymes they're all like nursery rhymes it's it's like that but if you tried to pass it off as like i'm doing real magic here
1: you know the very beginning of harry potter when they're on the train and ron tries using a spell that his brothers taught him but it's just yes sunshine daisies butter mellow turn this stupid fat rat yellow and yeah, of yeah, course yeah. So it doesn't Sa- work sabrina because it's sabrina
0: is all of that <laughs> It's Those such are a, all the spells. A dumb
1: now. rhyme, but it's much, in much the same vein. The cultists are chanting, "Magic powers, heed my cry! Release the monster trapped inside!" Magic powers, heed my cry! Release the monster trapped inside!
0: Yeah, it's like six dudes chanting in this weird monotone, like it, it's it's monotone, but also like warbling a little bit. It has like a weird phaser effect on it that I can't quite pin down. It just, it makes me really uncomfortable to listen to.
1: Anyway, laid out in front of these chanting cultists are these giant stone tablets that look like, uh, do you remember when Pokemon the movie came out and you would go to Burger King and get those gold embossed Pokemon motifs?
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's
1: basically those on a grand scale and with uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards instead of uh, Pokemon.
0: Right, and actual stone and not fake plastic.
1: Yeah. Um, so there's a bunch of those stone tablets that are the the demons trapped inside their tablets, uh, and commanding these tablets and the cultists is uh, the evil sorcerer who looks just like Kaiba,
0: who now actually looks just like Kaiba. Is the yeah. thing. now that we're seeing him in like a not stone carving setting?
1: Yeah, now that we can actually see this skinny, uh, brown-haired white guy in ancient Egypt. Uh, it's definitely a Kaiba, and so we get to see um, an actual duel take place. And so, yeah, as a, we get
0: like a we get like a round.
1: Yeah, and uh, uh, opposite all these guys is the uh, the Pharaoh's, I guess, champion,
0: his yeah. champion
1: duelist or whatever,
0: his, his strongest warrior, his,
1: his state-appointed duelist.
0: <laughs> if you cannot afford a duelist, one will be? So. <laughs> for you uh
1: which i thought would be like joey or someone but it's just kind of a generic guy
0: and and well so he he introduces himself even as the thing he's like uh and i the pharaoh's faithful servant shall defeat you evil sorcerer
1: yeah and so he has his own chanting cultists and so um as they're commanding their dual monsters these tablets just kind of go and point straight up And then, like, ghostly versions of the monsters come out of the tablets.
0: Do you think this is the logical conclusion of the Pitch Perfect series? Like, are we just going to get to a point where the songs definitely all sound the same, but they, like, summon magical shit and fight each other?
1: I've never seen (laughs) Pitch Perfect, but now I want to see it.
0: Okay. I mean, Pitch Perfect, I haven't, I've seen like parts of the first one and I haven't seen the second and third one, but like they're supposed to be pretty good, but it's all pop songs, right? And they just get, the scenarios get gradually more ridiculous. So if they keep making them, who's to say that Pitch Perfect, I don't know, 15, isn't just going to be this scene.
1: (laughs) But with music?
0: Yeah, maybe slightly better produced. (laughs)
1: I think the logical conclusion to the scenario you're describing is, isn't it Macross series that uh, the entire thing is that other like alien cultures don't have music, but only humans can have like the special powers that that they're able to combine into one special person, like the power of music and like stirring emotions. And like they have uh, pop singers or idols that can that have the power to sing and therefore win wars by stirring the hearts and emotions of people
0: I mean that could be Macross I'm drawing a blank I think you just described anime <laughs> it it's just an anime I, think, I, I think remember you just reading this all of anime <laughs> uh it could be gem in the holograms it could be uh it could be Gachamon. Um, it could be, uh, Josie and the Pussycats meet Scooby-Doo. Um, I'm, I'm genuinely not sure. <laughs> Are you looking it up? I am
1: looking it up. This is okay.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to describe the rest of the scene oh, while you look it do. up. So, so the, the duel starts and, uh, the, the thing that happens is the Pharaoh's champion summons, uh, uh, a, a dragon, um, winged guardian, I think. And uh, it shoots a fireball, and uh, the, the sorcerer summons a similar dragon that also shoots a fireball, but the Pharaoh's champion's dragon's fireball is stronger, and it hits all of the cultists on the sorcerer's side of the arena, and they all disintegrate and are banished to the Shadow Realm, uh, to which Kaiba—and I'm pretty sure this is real-world Kaiba, not ancient Kaiba—says, oh no— <laughs> which is which is a perfect reaction really to win uh your friends question mark get banished to eternal damnation um we we cut away from this though and jimmy i guess i can cover this really quick while you're still looking that up uh unless you found it nope i'm
1: deep in a wiki about var syndrome
0: (laughs) which is
1: uh 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 a disease that uh can be subdued by telepathic ways. telepathic waves that i guess I was
0: going to say telepathic ways. i love that app
1: <laughs> it knows where you're driving before you do it finds ah, you that's what i need it, it uh much like dune it lets you find uh ways that are straighter than straight to get to your destination instantly
0: see that's <laughs> what i mean which is just what driving I... through a wall <laughs> My my least favorite feature of Waze is it tells you like there is an accident 12 miles ahead and then you get there and there's no there's no accident like nothing happened. Yeah. What I need is for Waze to tell me you're going to cause an accident 12 miles ahead.
1: That's iRobot. Right. <laughs> you are experiencing an automobile accident.
0: <laughs> uh so we cut away from the duel uh, to uh, Little Yugi and Big Yugi They're still kind of talking about, like, Little Yugi's feelings about what happened, right? And Big Yugi, I, I think, does the, like, cool big brother thing here and reminds him, hey, you know what? Uh, you may not believe in it, but, like, I believe in a thing called destiny. I think that whatever happened was meant to happen. We got out okay. It's going to be fine. It's nothing that, like you explicitly did in the fire scenario he doesn't bring up the thing that i wish he would bring up which is don't give your super important like world changing magical artifact to strangers uh but he says like you know hey in another time you could have been pharaoh a whole wink to the camera uh and and he uh he pulls out i see you you've written this down uh everyone's favorite line from i'm blanking on the name of the show Gurren now Lagan. Gurren Lagan. <laughs> thank you that uh that our roommate garrett was so into and he said these words to me almost daily <laughs> uh he he says to little yugi don't believe in yourself believe in me that believes in you <laughs> which m- makes some kind of sense i guess <laughs> But, uh, oh, Lauren. Yeah. Did you, yeah, Lauren's, Lauren's heard it from Garrett as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a nice little scene. Like big Yugi is, is kind of, I think coming out of his Pharaoh shell a little bit and being like, oh, I have to be a person and have interpersonal relationships with these humans uh, that exist in in the here and now and are 12. Oh, I'm uh, an ancient
1: spirit, but I guess I if I'm going to continue my plans, I guess I have to interact with this 12-year-old child and be his yeah, friend.
0: Yeah. It's it's sort of like um Have you seen Stranger Things uh, season 2 yet? Most of it. Uh so you know like Steve Harrington kind of becomes oh, like yeah. the the, the, babysitter. the father figure, the babysitter. It's kind of like big yugi is ancient steve harrington <laughs> he's like he's he's cool uh i mean this one steve doesn't have magical powers that i'm aware of but yugi has magical powers but he also just has to take care of a group of 12 year olds yeah that's just where he's found himself now uh we cut away from that scene pretty quickly though and jimmy i'm I'm gonna need your help here so oh, have, okay. you, have you found this thing that you're trying to find no i'm
1: pretty sure it's Macross though
0: Okay, if anybody listening to the show remembers exactly what show it was, where, what was it? Humans had music and that was how they.
1: Humans have. Humans are the only ones who have idols who can sing and, like, stir emotions in people. And that's how they're able to, like, control vast swaths of um, humanity, I guess.
0: Okay, an alien, it's and not it pisses lacrosse, aliens
1: I... off because they don't have that kind of ability to gotcha. like Im- relate on an emotional level to people.
0: Ah, uh, okay, I see. So it's okay. I was gonna, I was gonna make another obscure reference, but it's just gonna. <laughs> further bring us off topic uh read the three-body problem by sujin lu um so uh i'm talking uh, up my ass
1: uh, here let me get back to the podcast
0: okay <laughs> uh so uh we cut back to ishtar showing kaiba another vision of the past we go from the the ghost of dualness past to the gl- the ghost of dualness slightly less past <laughs> the ghost uh, of
1: dualness five minutes later
0: right so it's a it's a another duel, I guess another duel or another round in the duel maybe between the sorcerer and the pharaoh's champion uh, and uh, oh yeah, she reveals first that the the ancient uh, stone carving that's got Yugi and Kaiba on it, the winner of the ancient duel was presumably written on the tablet. But that part of the tablet has been gouged out. It was like broken off. So who won? Who knows? You decide. How
1: mysterious.
0: Epic duel battles of history. I mean, that's what we're uh, doing at
1: the end of the episode now. Yeah, kind
0: of, yeah. Uh, And so then we cut back to the the duel in the past. And the chanting got worse somehow. (laughs) Because the uh, – the uh, who does this part even? I can't even keep them straight. The sorcerer uses his dragon to burn up some of the champion's followers, right? Yeah. But then the champion responds by playing two monsters, and then their followers start chanting an even worse <laughs> chant which is they go let two be one let two be one let two be one
1: that this is the ancient version of the polymerization card yeah <laughs> and it previously it required rows and rows of cultists to do it but now it is just a card sadly another job lost to modern automation
0: ah oh. <laughs> these modern conveniences at what cost uh so they combine to become a, a dragon creature that I don't remember getting the name of. I don't think
1: they ever mention it.
0: It looked pretty cool, though. It was like a big gold dragon that I, I liked a lot. Um, and uh, it sends a, a fireball again at the sorcerer and burns up more of his followers. It sort of it like destroys his monster that he has up. We're just losing
1: cultists uh, left and right here.
0: I know, yeah, man, cultists are just a dime a dozen in ancient Egypt, I guess. Uh, But they keep coming, so, you know. (laughs) Can you chant?
1: Yes, yes, yes. All right, you're
0: hired. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kaiba's reaction to this, though, is really great, because he goes, that sorcerer is a big mouth losing chump. You can't compare him to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it is you, Kaiba. He's Ah, very offended by these comparisons.
0: Uh, so there's a, there's a second vision that, uh, Ishtar gives him though, where in the second one, a a little bit after this, uh, the sorcerer uses his ultimate ability, uh, to summon two monsters and then immediately sacrifice them so that he can summon the ultimate monster, blue eyes, white dragon.
1: Yeah. And we see a real life blue eyes, white dragon sort of in profile in like the shadow Mm -hmm. And like the background is all white and dramatic to show how cool and dramatic it is that it's the blue eyes white dragon. It's real. It's here, and it fucking kills a whole bunch of people, <laughs> including yeah, the pharaoh's servant. Yeah,
0: that's kind of its jam. <laughs> uh oh yeah no it does it does kill the pharaoh's servant. I forgot about that. So and this uh, is enough
1: to get the pharaoh to like go hmm and like stand up out of his throne. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so the sorcerer's just like laughing, and he's like, Your reign is over, Pharaoh, or, or whatever. And Pharaoh's whole reaction is to not even fully stand up. He doesn't stand up straight, he lifts himself from his throne and looks sideways. Yeah, he is a little concerned here. Just slightly. Okay. <laughs> but that's it. That's the, that was that's my that's champion, and you just killed him. Out of him. Uh, <laughs> and. Uh, So we, we, we cut away from this vision and, uh, Kaiba is sort of still just like, all right, that is a thing that you showed me, uh, cool. And Ishtar is trying to convince him like, no, this is, this is what destiny is like. That was a real thing that happened in the past. And now we're going to have that happen again because you and Yugi are locked in this eternal struggle, uh, to which Kaiba responds, thanks for the lecture, but I make my own destiny and I do what I want to do.
1: It's only a coincidence that what I want to do is beat Yugi in a card game. It's completely <laughs> exactly. unrelated.
0: Exactly. So he, he's he's kind of just like, "All right, get to the the point. Like, why am I actually here?" Yeah, he starts to leave. To, yeah, yeah, that's right. He does start to he starts to walk away. And igno- we get another shot showing the briefcase for some reason. Like we get like a close up of the briefcase even. And it's at this point I think that I decided it was empty. Yeah. Like he just has it there for, for show. Like I'm an important businessman. Allow me to leave please. As I go do business things. Uh, but she points back to the carving and up at the top of the carving are three cards. And she says that these are the most powerful monsters of all, uh, the the egyptian god cards. Uh, I don't think she calls them egyptian god cards. That's just what we know them as in the biz. Uh, you know, in in the in the duel biz. Yeah,
1: we've uh, seen these cards before when you and I went to the Yu-Gi-Oh movie.
0: Right, that's right. So so the movie takes place after season 2.
1: Yeah. So, so I that's why, that's I've why seen we see these, these guys movie. before, but this is the first time we're hearing about them in universe.
0: Right, and she points them she points all three of them and she gives them uh she she tells us their names. They are Obelisk the Tormentor, Slifer the Sky Dragon, and the Winged Dragon of Ra. And she says like each one of them is, is powerful enough in their own right, but if you control all three, she says the planet itself will quake with fear.
1: Yeah. She says something like if you control one, you can like kill three armies or something along those lines.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is sort of furthering her, her sort of quisatz Haderach uh, sort of alignment here is if, if you control the duels, you control the world. <laughs> if, if you can destroy the monsters, you can, uh, you can control the world. Uh, but so he Kaiba's just like, all right, uh, fine. Powerful cards. Uh, where are the powerful yeah. cards? I came here for the cards.
1: Where are my cards at? Give me the cards. I want them.
0: I, uh, and he's, he's confused as well, like, why would Pegasus make these super powerful cards, but not use them in the duel that he had against Kaiba back on Duelist Kingdom?
1: Yeah, if these are the best cards of the game, why would he not use them against me, uh, the most special the person duelist. in existence?
0: Right. <laughs> me, the protagonist of the show that is named after me. Uh, and... Uh, Sorry, I just pictured a world where it's named Kaiba-o. <laughs> I was uh, also thinking of Kaiba-o. <laughs> uh, it sounds and, like a cereal. Uh, it does. Uh, man, they really missed out on that Blue Eyes White Dragon cereal. Yeah, why is it not there. Yu-Gi-Oh's? Yu-Gi-Oh's, yeah. Uh, so so Ishar explains that like Pegasus wanted to use them, but the magic within the cards that he created... Are, the magic itself is so powerful that even Pegasus can't actually control these cards. Yeah, even, uh,
1: like, these ancient creatures, even, like, through the medium of the new, uh, like, dual monsters format, it's still so powerful that the cards themselves are, like, dangerous and can't be controlled.
0: Exactly, exactly. So... Uh, she's, you know, sort of reiterating that, like, all right, these are definitely more powerful than Exodia. These are so powerful that it's dangerous to even own the cards. And he goes, okay, well, what happened to them? And she goes, oh, Pegasus gave them to me.
1: Yeah. And I buried them.
0: <laughs> uh, and he's like, and we're not okay, talking about like cool. digging
1: a hole in your backyard and putting the card in there. We see a flashback of some like, Ancient not ancient Egypt, modern Egypt, just like wasteland area with all this machinery around it with this completely square hole dug straight down into the ground for like a good couple hundred feet and
0: like lowering oh, the yeah. box
1: containing this card directly into the ground and then getting buried again,
0: right. And so and so, Kaiva's just like, okay, so you know where they are. Let's just go get them. She goes, nope, they were stolen.
1: <laughs> they were stolen by the Rare Hunters, who is this elite underground group of card thieves who, like, go around, <laughs> like, jet-setting around the world to, like, Las Vegas or whatever, getting the most powerful and rare cards and then selling them on the black market.
0: Now, Jimmy, what I want to know is, like... <laughs> A. Gee, I wonder why they're called the Rare Hunters. Uh, B. Isn't this Kaiba's whole jam? Isn't Wasn't his whole introduction to the show being like, I want to be the only person with this card. Yeah. How does he not know about the Rare Hunters? <laughs> because he's a
1: 12-year-old boy. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, this also, is extremely really... silly that he doesn't know about the existence of People whose job it is to Ocean's Eleven some card <laughs> games uh, and get the the most powerful cards.
0: I know I talk a lot about uh, spin-offs of Yu Gi Oh that I'd really like to see, but I would love just like a like a three episode run of Dog the Rare Hunter, <laughs> like Dog the Bounty uh-huh. Hunter, but, but for dual
1: Monsters cards. Just uh-huh. traveling the world, finding the most elite cards. I, I, right. that would make a great spin off show, and I'm surprised and then, they then, haven't gone anywhere with that.
0: And then luring some unsuspecting duelist into like a bear trap or something <laughs> to, just to get this one card and run off.
1: You have the blue eyes, white dragon, give it to me,
0: or lose your leg. And then, the, and then they duel. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, so, uh, he's like, all right, so it was stolen, so you don't have it. Uh, okay. Bye, I guess like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go now and Ishtar pitches this idea
1: yeah to Kaiba. she's like no dumbass you're Seto Kaiba she, you have a freaking dual monsters theme park here's my idea
0: she says I know about this island where we could hold a festival <laughs> And we could get Instagram influencers to post a picture of an orange tile to promote this. No. Uh, So so she says, you should start a tournament. And you can make it so that the rare hunters are lured to the tournament because it will have all of the most rare cards in existence under one sort of tent, so to speak. Which
1: I guess hasn't happened before despite the entire last season being about a
0: tournament. Yeah, I I mean of all the best I, I duelists. I don't really know what the difference between tournaments is. And the implied
1: like greater like regional tournaments. Right. And, like worldwide tournament tournaments.
0: But I mean this is this is the owner proprietor of Kybaland. Yeah. This could be His this could be tournament. the mother of all tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. So the plan is uh to lure the rare hunters to the tournament uh and beat them i guess and take their rare cards because presumably at least some of the rare hunters would be likely to have the uh, the egyptian god cards yeah. cuz they don't get rid of the rare cards they keep them for themselves so that would be the the way to find the the missing god cards uh and it, who who says this line? I didn't write it down. Is it Ishtar or Kaiba? Pretty, who it's got to be
1: Kaiba who says this. He says, uh, they'll come by the droves like vultures to a carcass. I would have gone with like moths to a flame, but okay, Kaiba.
0: No. Yeah. It's, it's a lot more visceral, I think. Uh, and he, he kind of is just like, yeah, okay. I'll take that idea under advisement. Sure. Not really giving an indication one way or the other. Uh, but before he goes Ishtar's is like well h- okay hang on you can use this to defeat the rare hunters because they're going to have powerful cards but here's a here's an even more powerful card for you check this and shit she out she hands him she hands him obelisk the tormentor
1: what dun 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 which is
0: one of the egyptian god cards to which Kaiba goes I thought the cards were stolen and Ishtar has the most shit eating line of the whole goddamn show. She says, I never said they were all stolen. Which, like.
1: <laughs> the other two were. There's three. <laughs> you,
0: you, you could have. Like, that's not. This is kind of important here. This isn't. We're not here to, to split hairs. So, okay. I guess only two of the god cards are missing.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> False pretenses. Uh,
0: so Kaiba, at this point, agrees to set up the tournament. And he says, I'm not doing it because of your Hocus Pocus mind tricks. I just want to be the best at card games. Yeah. Or what does he say? He says the best at dual something monsters. Along something along
1: those lines. But the point is, he he's doing everything she wants him to do, but it's not because she wants him to do it. He just wants to be really good at card games. It's not destiny. Right. I'm doing this for other unrelated reasons. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jimmy, I have a new theory about why that plane was so big. Why? Ishtar reenacted the scenes of the movie Inception. <laughs> she,
1: the incepted Kaiba. as she incepted him. It's Kaiba's plane. He just got he just pulled back into town like two hours ago.
0: No no no. Here's the thing. I don't I don't even think we're in town yet. I think we're in the dream still and the egyptian flashback scenes are when they go one level deeper into the dream within oh the dream. man <laughs> <laughs> so what's uh, your totem so, yeah. is it blue
1: eyes white dragon it's blue eyes white dragon it's blue eyes white dragon <laughs> come on
0: uh, so he he comes up with this idea completely all of his own volition ishtar had nothing to do with 100%
1: it 100% original idea do not steal
0: tm 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 copyright 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 uh, he is going to hold a tournament.
1: Wow. Who would have thought?
0: So we cut back to Yugi in his bedroom talking with big Yugi and he figures out sort of through conversation that the mysterious villain from the last episode has to be somebody with a millennium item. Cause big Yugi sort of sensed the, the shadow energy, magical powers sort of within that person. Uh, and little Yugi is sort of worried about this. He's he's worried that he is going to fail again. That he might not be like strong enough or magical enough or good enough at card games. And uh, and and he's holding the puzzle in his hands. And uh, big Yugi sort of cradles uh, little Yugi's hands in his hands. Yeah. So they're, they're both they're both sort of holding the puzzle together. And big Yugi says, "I believe in you, Yugi." And I believe that this is pure fan service at this point. Yugi's line
1: before that, I need to point out, Yugi has tears running down his cheeks and he says, how do I know that I won't lose you? Tyler, this is gay as hell. This is fan service.
0: Yeah. Okay. So like, here's the thing. Uh, uh, Okay. I I guess I I was about to say like, I don't have an issue with it. I do have an issue with it. He's a five thousand year old man, and a twelve year old boy. Stranger danger. Is this is this call me by your name? No, this is yukio Why don't
1: you take a seat right over there?
0: I mean, I guess, I guess, yeah. Like, do call me by your name because we're the spirit of the same person, five thousand years apart. But like, it, it, it's okay. Sorry, now that I've said that. They're definitely the same spirit 5,000 years apart, right? That's the thing that's happening? Or they're like a reincarnation yeah, of each other? I,
1: they haven't like said it outright yet, but they've got to be the, the reincarnation of the same person. Just like uh, Kikyo in uh, Inuyasha.
0: Jimmy, I'm about to say something that I might regret. No, no, no. I'm definitely going to regret it. I think
1: I know where your mind is going here, and I regret it already. <laughs>
0: Uh, We've had some people reach out about shipping in in the show previously. Uh, If anyone knows anything about people who ship Big and Little Yugi, like, please reach out via our email. Jimmy, if they're a reincarnation of the same people, is it incest or masturbation?
1: (laughs) Honestly, it's both. It's a little bit of both, right? It's a little bit of both. They're still different people. They look the same,
0: but like... You know there's a there's a sort of age difference there, and anyway, the reason I'm uncomfortable with it is that it's a five thousand year old man and a twelve year old boy and I just feel like they should have uh, maybe some boundaries <laughs> they do share a brain though they do so very much share a brain. <laughs> who am I to say anything I, I i have I have no ground to speak one way or the other here I suppose um we could that take this in a happens. lot of
1: different places, no, no, and I'm no, not going gonna, to speak of them nope, on this podcast. No, we
0: we are moving <laughs> on. That scene ends. The next scene, the final scene of the episode, <laughs> I just have written down, in his car, Kaiba laughs.
1: Yeah. He's in the back of his limo getting driven away back to Kaiba Corp, and he just starts cackling maniacally.
0: Uh, he, he has one more line before the episode ends, and he says, One card down? And two more to go. And then he just cackles maniacally until the scene fades to black.
1: Yeah, he's holding uh, Obelisk the Tormentor in his hand and just, like, looking at it and admiring it and, like, stroking it Gollum-style. And then he just starts laughing his head off. Like, evil laughter. (laughs) Imagine you're his driver and you're driving around this rich eccentric and then you just hear him start to cackle maniacally by himself in the back of the car.
0: I mean, you have to imagine that with Kaiba, that's a daily occurrence, right? Like, you you get used to that after the first week. (laughs) That's that's part of the interview process.
1: (laughs) Uh, What are your feelings on uh, maniacal cackling?
0: Uh, I can handle maniacal cackling. Okay, good. (laughs) Can you chant? (laughs) (laughs) There may be some light cult activity. Nothing strenuous. (laughs) I'm fine with that. Uh... And the episode ends. Yep. And that is, that is it for uh, season two, episode three. Jimmy, what was your favorite part of this episode? Boy,
1: I bet you can guess, but my favorite part is, my favorite part was this ancient Egyptian info dump. <laughs> I love seeing all this backstory. I love seeing the, I think my favorite part was the, li- the real life, quote unquote, duel that we got to see. Of sure, yeah. How the ancient Egyptians used to duel their lives are Back just in like the ours old days. except right. with the giant stone tablets and every time you duel a bunch of cultists get fucking obliterated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean it is it is kind of just Ishtar reading from the Yu-Gi-Oh Wikipedia page. Yeah. But I
1: but... I, I feel like it was worth it to see this kind of finally see this stuff happen after all this time. It's one thing to like yeah. talk about it. But it's another to see it going down. And I thought it was really cool. Yeah, Finally, a reason for all like this it. card game nonsense. We can actually see that these <laughs> cards are indeed imbued with magical power. It's been severely weakened by the passage of time, but right. there are cards in existence that if you handle them, uh, you'll. I don't know what happens if you try and use Obelisk the Tormentor. I guess you fucking die.
0: Yeah, I don't know exactly if Pegasus couldn't.
1: It said he Pegasus couldn't control the cards. Was scared of the magic
0: in the cards. How is Kaiba gonna control the cards?
1: Sheer stubbornness, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it is Kaiba. That's true. He does. He has
1: no respect for magic.
0: Right, right. I just love that. Finally, a season into the show. This is the the fifty second episode <laughs> of the show, Jimmy, and we're finally getting to the point where there are stakes. Yeah
1: finally we can actually see some like actual consequences be- besides winning a tournament in a card game. Right. Now we get oh. get to see why the entire world revolves around this card game. It's because there's actual magic involved. Here is that magic. You can see it. It is
0: it is kind of a kind of a difficulty spike though if you think about it cuz we go from hey, we should win a tournament to Oh, the fate of the world is at stake.
1: Oh yeah, if anyone gets a hold of all of these cards, they will control three gods and the planet itself will quake with fear.
0: Well, glad you won that tournament as practice.
1: <laughs> Time for some actual shit going down. Yeah, it's uh, it's growing the beard. The season is. To <laughs> yes, use uh, that that next is generation terms. What was your favorite part of this episode? Uh
0: you know, I think I think mine is similar to yours. My favorite part of this episode is just the character of Ishtar. I I feel like she was maybe a little underutilized being the the go-to Wikipedia narrator, but I do really like how she sort of took over at the beginning and end of the episode like yeah. she comes in and she's like like I said earlier, like yo, what up? I got magical powers. Do what I say, uh, and and doesn't necessarily. At, at no point is she like, I am using my magical powers to control you. It is I am using my magical powers to show you that I'm right. Yeah, does that make
1: sense? It's a much better like, use of that power
0: than and just it's like mind control. This. yeah, it's such a it's such a more badass use of magic in this setting where it's like showing yes i have this like i am a i am a force to be reckoned with because i can even control this there are powerful people in the world who can't control this stuff yeah so like me being here and sane and in one piece is like a cool thing that you should recognize oh and also let me show you the past
1: yeah right or like let me blow your mind open and show you uh things that happened thousands of years ago
0: or like i know that you're watching a television commercial that i recorded yesterday let me call you in the middle of it and tell you to pay attention yeah right like that sort of thing is just very cool uses of these powers that is some big deck energy like... right there <laughs> and i feel like nobody else has figured it out right like no. nobody none of the other millennium item users uh, i mean we got uh we got the you know the mind control from the last episode but that's just like all right cool i guess that's your items one thing is mind control got that one down cool and you know yugi's one thing is he has a spirit of a pharaoh in his and bakura's one thing is that it points to millennium items but ishtar comes in and has like several things going on
1: yeah she comes in she has her own agenda. She accomplishes that. She mm-hmm. uh, makes her powers evident and obvious and doesn't actually have to use them exi- besides as a favor to Kaiba just to show him that she is right about everything. Like, that kind yeah. of confidence is just insane and no other character has that besides maybe Pegasus. But yeah. he, even Pegasus, doesn't, like, come right out and use the Millennium Eye on people.
0: Yeah, and and I I feel like he when he does use the Millennium Eye, he doesn't let on to the fact that he uses the Millennium Eye. Like yeah. he 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 doesn't let on to the fact that he is like special in any way other than just like oh, I created this card game is why I'm the best at it. Yeah, you know,
1: Ishtar like, walks he, in like, "What's up? Yes, I have been personally given control over three gods by the creator of this card game. What's up?
0: Right." Right. Yeah. And so Here's what's going to happen. Other, You're going like, to do what I say. Right. Exactly. So many of the other characters could be like, I have magical powers. Here's me proving that I have magical powers. D- do this now. Yeah. <laughs> like or I will use my magical powers on you.
1: It's the the implied threat.
0: Right. Right. So I that was my favorite part. Uh, how people. about your least favorite part?
1: Everything with Yugi this episode was just kind of dumb. Just yeah. his moping. Didn't it didn't really go anywhere, and it was just the same thing over and over. Like, okay, you're sad. Uh, You were sad last episode, and the episode before that too. Uh, How about you move
0: on? (laughs) And yeah, so that's so that's the thing. It doesn't like it could be a narrative about like struggling with depression, like dealing with PTSD, like like very like real world sort of scenarios this doesn't do that but at but it's all. also yeah it's also it, it it misses that mark if that's what it's going for because it's just like ah, i was almost bad at a thing how, how will i be okay and then the answer is just be okay i guess
1: yeah don't worry heart of the cards and friendship we're doing right. this together and yugi's like yeah okay
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, it's the yeah, okay part that kind of ruins it, right? Like, we don't learn that saying, well, just feel better isn't a proper response to depression and PTSD. Yeah. We don't learn that, like, you know, okay, here are like the symptoms of somebody going through some like serious shit. We, we, we just get the, oh, the spirit that talks to me said it's going to be fine. So, yeah, it'll be okay.
1: I'm, I'm going to be okay now. Okay i I know there's bad stuff that's gonna happen but we'll do it together just like we have uh literally every other episode
0: yeah and this uh,
1: yeah it just doesn't go anywhere i think they only included it to show yugi in this episode
0: (laughs) uh yeah and like i said i the fan service honestly i know that's kind of a silly thing like to, to say as somebody who makes a podcast about Yu Gi Oh, but uh, yeah, I think honestly, just like somebody made that freeze frame of uh, of big and little Yu Gi holding hands, and they were like, somebody's gonna like this. Yeah,
1: and all the going into more of the the fan service stuff. I do want to point out that uh, you can see the Pharaoh and Kaiba, uh, ancient Kaiba. Neither of them, ne- neither of these skinny, vaguely ripped kids, is wearing like a t shirt. You can see their they're oh, bare yeah, chests huh. and abs and stuff. And it's like, yeah, okay. It's ancient well, Egypt. Well, you
0: know, <laughs> they've got the power of God and anime on their side.
1: Three gods, I guess. That's
0: true. Well, Kaiba
1: has just the one God now.
0: Right. <laughs> Where is your God now? Right here. He's in my deck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've
0: been carrying him with me. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I got to say, Jimmy, I, I think that, that was also my least favorite part. I really want... And maybe it's just because I, I've been like I saw only like one when you saw only it.
1: one set of footprints in the beach. It was then that I was shuffled into your deck. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I, uh, anyway, what you I were saying? saying? Like, well, I was going to say I feel like maybe I've been like spoiled a little bit because I've been watching Neon Genesis Evangelion on Netflix, like we've mentioned, and like that is actually a show about depression and PTSD. Like, it's a show about giant fighting robots, too, but it, it's very genuinely a show about, like, depression and PTSD sure. and this kid, like, discovering his sexuality and all these all these very heady things. And I think it does most of them very well. Maybe not all of them. I haven't seen there. – I've been reading about some issues with the translation that are not great on some of these issues, but, like, for the most part, it's like, oh, this is – how like a real person might respond to this situation mm. where there's giant fighting robots, and I feel like we're just not seeing how a real person would respond to the situation where they share a physical space with a five thousand year old spirit uh and almost died in a fire,
1: yeah it it pales in comparison to a an actual like good show for lack of a better term.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess my least favorite part is that this is a bad show. <laughs>
1: This is, a, no, at the I, end of the day, a, a children's show about card games.
0: Yeah. On the whole, actually, I, I do think that the goods outweigh the bads of this episode, though the, the exposition dump in this episode was an exposition dump, but it was really enjoyable. It was a good exposition time. dump. I I was not sad that we didn't have a duel in this episode.
1: Yeah. I mean, we had an actual duel in this episode, which was a very nice right, change.
0: Exactly. We, we had a historical duel.
1: Ah, real monsters.
0: Histora duel. his Duel. dual history. Nope, I got nothing. Uh, Jimmy, do you want to talk about our uh, our monster bracket? Yeah, this let's week? Uh, let's do it. It's time to battle them monsters.
1: Is that what we're leading with? Is that the thing?
0: I don't the know. Intro? I got I, I never really decided what okay. I wanted to call. It. <laughs> uh as we do every week jimmy we take two monsters that have appeared in season two and we pit them against each other in the dual monsters battle city monster bracket if you want to keep up with the bracket you can go to heart of the dot cards slash bracket or click the button in the episode description uh this week do you want to do these intros or, I would love uh, or to shall do some i intros. let's introduce these <clears> monsters <throat> In this
1: corner, legally distinct from the creature from the Black Lagoon, it's Amphibian Beast. Ah, ah, Amphibian
0: Beast, I love you. Ah.
1: In the other corner, its hobbies include breathing lightning and making me question my sexuality. I mean, whether this is a fair (laughs) fight at all. It's Blue Eyes White Dragon. Sorry, I saw you had "making me question" written there, and <laughs> that was just the logical end of that sentence.
0: Yeah, no, that, that was a that was a good audible to pull. Yeah, no, thank <laughs> you, I appreciate that. All right, this week we have uh, amphibian beast and blue eyes white dragon going up against each other. Amphibian beast is a level six water fish monster. If you can, twenty four hundred attack. <laughs> yeah water and fish huh uh 2400 attack and 2000 defense blue eyes white dragon is a light dragon monster with 3000 attack and 2500 defense i mean how much more
1: can we say about blue eyes white dragon
0: you know him you love him i
1: feel like this is kind you, of an unfair matchup but
0: you've been touched by his white lightning
1: <laughs> Ugh. and you're dead now like the you're cultists dead now. just instantly obliterated into ash
0: Jimmy, I, okay, (laughs) I do feel bad putting any monster up against Blue-Eyes White Dragon, but I want to give Amphibious uh, amphibious Beast and Amphibian Beast. Beast. I want to give it sort of a fair trial, if you will. Can we talk about the art on these cards real quick?
1: Amphibian Beast, like you said, is kind of like the creature from the Black Lagoon, uh, except a lot more spikes and fins.
0: Yeah, he's like creature from the Black Lagoon mixed with a gremlin.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what the what what he looks like here. Um, He's
0: got spikes coming out of weird places. Um, so, you know, green sort of rubbery skin, uh, webbed arms or webbed uh, hands rather, webbed like arm spikes. Uh, and then, uh, what's the? Is it a frilled lizard? What's the lizard that has? Yeah, the frilled coming out of this. Yeah, it's got those. Yeah, he's got but some like only big, on the side, like, not all the way around. Like
1: quite ears, but big, thin spike things. Uh, and he has three red eyes.
0: Is that a third eye in the I'm middle? I'm pretty sure
1: that's a third eyeball. It's just vertical okay. instead of sideways. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So three eyes, he's... and then super spiky teeth. And then what I'm going to say is a Salvador Dali mustache.
1: Yes, sure. I think it's supposed <laughs> to be like fins or like gills but
0: you know you kind of gotta lean in and yeah. to see it but
1: he looks kind of <laughs> like there. Uh, fin fang foom
0: i am not familiar with this what is this oh, you
1: haven't heard of fin fang foom he looks kind of he's from the marvel universe he's basically an ancient uh dragon guy
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, no. I'm looking at I'm looking at pictures now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He fights Doctor yeah, Strange is... a
1: lot, if I remember right.
0: Okay. No. Okay. So I, I've heard the name before. I just I couldn't picture it. Uh, yeah, kind kind of Fin Fang Foomy, uh, Fin Fang Foom esque. Um, you know, Foom adjacent, if yeah. you will. Uh, and, and the the card art is sort of like. It seems to be swimming rapidly towards the camera, I suppose. There's, like, orange speed lines behind
1: yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me, uh, I kind of have a soft spot for this card, because it looks like this Halloween decoration that I got as a kid that's, like, a welcome mat that you put out on Halloween, and it's uh-huh. um, a manhole cover getting pushed open, and then the creature from the Black Lagoon is, like, coming out and reaching out at you. That's what, oh, that's That's cool. what this guy All looks right. like.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the card text I also want to point out is, is cool for this card. It says, on land or in the sea, the speed of this monster is unmatchable. Wow. Which is, it's, it never ceases to amaze me how much they mention speed in some of the card descriptions. Because speed has absolutely nothing to do with how this game is played. Yeah. It's still turn-based. They, they it doesn't matter up, how fast you are. you got to wait your turn. They hype
1: up these monsters and then like, it's not reflected in the stats
0: right i but you know do do whatever you want <laughs> uh i found that mat and i'll send it to you oh thank you uh do you want to describe blue eyes white dragon
1: what can we say about blue eyes white dragon we haven't uh seen before um i i'm gonna say that it looks much cooler in the show than it does in the card arc
0: the, that's what I was going to mention too. The card art is not stellar. There's an alternate art image there if, if you click down below, yeah, which is much that cooler. looks more similar to the show. I the the first one though I think is the original card art, which is sort of like a. It looks like a baby like
1: version a, of Blue Eyes White Dragon.
0: Yeah, yeah, like the chibi version. Yeah, it you has know? big like when, uh, glistening
1: blue eyes, and it's like ah!
0: Like when when Funko Pop made the the Funko Yu Gi Oh figures, is what it looks like.
1: It does look like a uh, a Funko Pop. Oh, um, while I was on my way to Canada, I happened to, we got uh, some Mexican food for dinner, and like right across the street apparently was the Funko World Headquarters.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, I had no idea where you are going with that. I was like, and you saw a blue-eyed <laughs> white dragon at this Mexican place. Uh, what? Huh, okay. Did you like stop in? Uh,
1: it was closed because it was like at oh. like, 9 p.m., but...
0: ah. That would do it
1: apparently it's like a giant uh like their world headquarters is like a giant almost like a disney store inside but with funko pops hmm. it's in washington if you are in that area
0: you know there's a washington here that i'm near what? and i keep seeing directions to washington and i'm like oh that's not what i said ex- it. it's a different washington uh but, huh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, go check out the Funko Pop headquarters, I guess. Um, but so, yeah, so Blue Eyes White Dragon, uh, I mean, the art checks all the boxes. Eyes, they're blue. Dragon, it's white.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just not terribly compelling art. Like, if I saw this card uh, and I had no idea what Blue Eyes White Dragon was, I would not assume that this was one of the most powerful characters in the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, this this does not scream. I mean, it's a dragon, but besides that, it doesn't scream like, oh, this is a main character. Yeah, you know,
1: the if I saw the second art, that it would be much more. It would give me pause. Uh, but the like the regular art for Blue Eyes White Dragon, it looks like a baby. It looks like it's not going to put up much of a threat, honestly.
0: Yeah, yeah, it. Uh, y- you know it. It's cute. It it is (laughs) cute. Uh, Blue-Eyes Cute Dragon. (laughs) The card text for Blue-Eyes, I almost said Blue-Eyes Cute Dragon, Blue-Eyes White Dragon says, this legendary dragon is a powerful engine of destruction. Virtually invincible, very few have faced this awesome creature and lived to tell the tale.
1: Except our protagonists who face it basically every week and are fine.
0: Right. Suspiciously no mention of speed here. (laughs) Hmm.
1: Oh, I'm uh, looking at uh, the card database page for this card. There's a lot of alternate art for Blue Eyes White Dragon, all of which is cooler than the the primary art.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm also looking at, if you go to the Yu-Gi-Oh! website uh, and look at the page for Blue Eyes White Dragon, you can scroll down to the selfies oh, yeah. section, Here's all which the we, selfies. we mentioned last week. I, I fucking love... Yu Gi Oh card selfies. Can I just say this? It is like a guilty pleasure of mine to look at these because the range is so great. Because it varies between people who are like stoked about Blue Eyes White Dragon, right? Like they are doing the anime pose. One guy looks like he probably did his own makeup for this picture. Yeah, and there's like, like actual cosplayers. It's good, right? Some of these like, people
1: have like, like Millennium item necklaces.
0: Yeah, and they're just like, yeah, fucking look at me. I am into Yu-Gi-Oh! And then other pictures are just like, yeah, I own this card.
1: Yes, hello. I have blue eyes as well.
0: Yeah, here it is. Just like not, no, no, they're not smiling. And it's not the thing that you do where you don't smile so that you can look cool in the picture. It's just like, it's like the picture was taken accidentally whilst they happen to be holding up the card.
1: Yeah, it's like, hold this card up. It's like hold this card up so we can verify that you own it. Is the sort of uh, vibe I'm getting from some of these selfies?
0: Right, right. Which, okay, again, is is fine if that's the kind of selfie that you want to take. But it's just so funny seeing that next to the people who are like literally cosplaying yeah, to take like, a oh, photo. Fuck of blue yeah, eyes white blue eyes, white
1: dragon. Here is all three of them. I'm gonna hold them in my <laughs> ho- in my hand, like in my right. fingers, like
0: a cool like card trick magician. There's this person. Literally cosplaying as Seto Kaiba. If you click on "See All Selfies," it's on page one, second from the or second row from the bottom.
1: There's a lot of people they've, here. They've cosplayed oh, man. in
0: Kaiba's like white sleeveless trench. Oh, you I know? see it. Yeah, it's a good look. They're doing the pose. And everything. They have his necklace. And then. And then the person below that picture has a dual disc that has at least one blue eyes, white dragon on That's it. That's a shit ton I'm, of
1: blue eyes. Is it all the variant art for blue eyes? I can't eyes?
0: scroll in, but I think it's, I think it's at least two different versions of blue eyes. Uh, and oh, I can't tell what these other cards are and it's going to bother me, but they, they all look super cool. And they're, they have so many cards that they're, they've got the dual disc up. Yeah. right? Each slot has a card. Each card, extra slot has a it's card it's just jammed full the of deck has a cards. card face and then they have three cards in their hand <laughs> they couldn't hold all the cards that they want to show why off. can't
1: i hold all these cards
0: right it, it just it's so funny to me just the level of there's this varying selfies. there's a guy in, in front of two
1: giant poster sized versions of the card and he's just dabbing <laughs> <laughs> Some of these are great. This girl has, like, three Seto Kaiba figures. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I'm looking figurines. at
0: this one. That one's pretty good, actually, because they've got, like, sunglasses on, so they look super cool yeah. just being like, yeah, look at me with my, my three Kaibas and a blue eyes.
1: <laughs> they, they are the blue eyes, and they collect Kaibas. <laughs> oh, my God. There's just the range uh, of people who have blue eyes. is just, like, from little girls to, like... Grown dudes in trench coats and like sunglasses posing with their blue eyes.
0: Holy everyone likes, yeah, blue really eyes. Just, everyone likes blue eyes! Everyone likes blue eyes.
1: Everyone likes Homestar Blue Eyes. He is a terrific athlete. <laughs> uh,
0: does
1: Amphibian Beast have any? No, oh,
0: I'm not seeing poor any. Amphibian okay. Beast
1: doesn't have any selfies. I'm
0: gonna, I'm gonna make this plug again because I, I really feel like people will get a kick out of this. Go to yugio.com. Log in, make a yu gi account. If you have Yu-Gi-Oh! cards, submit selfies with your Yu-Gi-Oh! cards, and if you can somehow sneak in, you activated my podcast into that selfie. <laughs> if you can if you can take a selfie with your Yu-Gi-Oh card while listening to our podcast, send it to us, uh, and I will shout you out on the show. That is the most that I can possibly offer. It's not a lot, but it's what I have.
1: Yeah, anyway. I feel like going back to the battle. Uh oh, the yeah. deck is stacked against poor Amphibian Beast here. I yeah. have a soft spot Good for him.
0: I yeah, I I want Amphibian Beast to like have a an easier battle maybe. I'm cheering
1: but... for Amphibian Beast. I'm in his corner here. But yeah. Just mechanically and in terms of interesting battles in the future I mean obviously we have to give this to Blue Eyes White Dragon.
0: I think we have just to. Just the
1: sheer energy that it has just outside of this immediate matchup.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You fought you fought well amphibian beast but uh you know what this just wasn't your week. Now I'm... you'll get him next time champ. <laughs>
1: I believe in you. Now I'm picturing Kaiba, and he's like, "There's only three amphibian beasts in the world, and they all belong to me."
0: It could have just as easily gone that way. <laughs> the thing.
1: Now I'm just picturing him like on the, the in a duel arena, and he's posing, and like behind him are three buff fishmen.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's basically all Mako Tsunami does. That's true. How?
1: When do we get to see amphibian beasts? Okay, not until episode 43 uh, oh four, jesus 32. christ dang uh, how no long is this? uh
0: 19 episode okay. 19
1: well we'll see him oh eventually. yeah
0: there, there are another 50 episodes in this season Jimmy. damn son <laughs> uh yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit uh yeah so episode 19 we'll see uh amphibious f- fishermen appear again with the lord of d i think if i'm
1: not mistaken oh yeah i'm seeing the i think that is the lord of d
0: i think that might be the lord of d
1: <laughs> i can't tyler i cannot wait for them to talk about lord of d in <laughs> in the show
0: oh boy all right well ding 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 that is the round congratulations blaze white dragon we knew that you would win but we had to celebrate you anyway uh you 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 done earned it skipper
1: (laughs) congratulations you completely annihilated this this amphibian beast he would be weak to lightning too that's that's true
0: that's true All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. You can uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram at Yampod. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. You can, uh, what are the other things? Go to our website, heartofthe.cards. Heartofthe.cards slash bracket. We'll take you straight to that monster bracket as well. Take your goddamn Yu-Gi-Oh! selfies and send them to us. Jimmy, your other podcast just wrapped up season one. Yes. Uh,
1: Cards... Dungeons Against Humanity uh, is done with its first season uh, the last episode is up there's a lot of shit that goes down and a bunch of storylines that are wrapped up uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff if you're listening to that thank you I had a lot of fun making it
0: is there going to be a season 2 there
1: is because we've already recorded it
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, there it is <laughs> Awesome. Okay, uh, so we'll start putting I that mis- up
1: in like I want to say, I think Sam said November sometime, August.
0: Okay. I yeah I remember I remembered somewhere between August and November from Twitter. So there's a bit of a break because it takes time to edit a live action role playing podcast.
1: <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Who knew?
0: Podcast editing? What's that? Uh, and uh, yeah, so there's a bit of a break. If you haven't listened, so you can go catch up. Uh, I am not quite caught up i think because the episodes are are long ish and I, I i work yeah so it happens uh it's it's weird not having a commute to listen to podcasts on. it is it's um, like where'd all
1: my podcast listening time go
0: right yet still we keep making them uh but yeah go listen to that it's uh dungeons against net. dungeons against humanity on apple podcasts and at D-A-H podcast on twitter a right podcast
1: also also on instagram
0: Also on Instagram. I keep forgetting. Uh, Yeah, go do all the things. Is there anything else? Am I forgetting anything? I don't think so. All right. Well, uh, thank you everyone for listening. You've been an absolute pleasure. Until next time.
1: Magic powers, heed my cry. Release the monster trapped inside. Magic powers, heed my cry. Release the monster trapped inside.